0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Tentramano. Today is Monday, December 13th, 2021. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. I got to spend great quality time with my loving girlfriend, my friends, and my family. I also got to watch a lot of sports. So all in all, it was a good weekend. Hope you guys had a good one, too. Today, I will be discussing the NFL for the most part. There's a few topics I want to touch on in the NFL. Of course, I want to get to the playoff race. I want to get to the Monday night football game tonight, talk about a few things there. I want to talk about some shout outs. Uh, for some players that I have this, uh, from this week that stood out to me and deserve some props. And then I want to get to the most intriguing matchups of the week uh, for week 15. So we will delve into those future matchups. And then I will touch on a little bit of NBA and some things that got me a little heated over the weekend. I want to start... By saying before I get into this episode though, I want to take the time to thank the people that have reached out to me and told me to continue to do this and, you know, keep trying with this and, you know, the support has been great, I should say so far from everybody that has, you know, reached out. So I want to say thank you to those who have and uh, I will be keeping it up. Uh, new episodes will be dropping every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So um, I want to start today by delving into the NFL playoff picture. AFC side first, we'll go with. Five teams right now are sitting at seven and six. We got the Colts, the Bills, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Broncos. All are seven and six right now. Colts had a bye. They got in due to losses to uh due to losses from the Bills and the Bengals. They have now slid in to the sixth seed. Bills lost a tough one at Tampa uh, at Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, just too good. You know, clutch overtime throw. Perryman took it in for a touchdown. That was a tough loss. Browns. They were my team that I had pointed out on my episode Friday that had the biggest opportunity, and they sure took it. They took a, a, a tough game at home against the Ravens, yes, without Lamar Jackson, but were able to go on to win 24-22 to 22, um, and really, really shake things up a little bit in the AFC North as they have now climbed to second place in the division just one game back of the Baltimore Ravens below the Browns are the Bengals who lost a just an absolute heartbreaker at home against the San Francisco 49ers Uh, they have slid back all the way to the nine seed in the AFC falling out of the playoffs and back into the hunt followed up in the 10 seed is the Denver Broncos who this weekend put on a pretty good show and honored the late great Demarius Thomas with a 38 to 10 win over the Lions but all five of those teams I had just mentioned are sitting at seven and six and what I want to do with those teams is kind of go through some of the important games on their remaining schedule and kind of sift through and see who I like to come out as the team's that are going to be securing those playoff spots. For the AFC this year, I'm going to say you're going to need at least 10 wins to get in here. I mean, 9 and 8 probably not going to get it done. Uh we can start with the Colts who are sitting at the 6th seed currently, coming off of a bye. Um they hold one of the two one of the three wild card spots right now, uh two of the bottom ones. They Still have games remaining against the Patriots, who is currently right now the hottest team in football, and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, like I said, eight losses might do you in this year in the AFC. Nine and eight isn't going to be enough. So the Colts, I don't know. Big games, in in their big games this year, they have not shown me otherwise why they should be in right now, so I'm not going to put them in. The seventh seed Bills. I know they're coming off a tough loss, but I'm sticking them in. I'm keeping them in the playoffs. They have three home games remaining against the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Jets. You know, that's three wins right there, or should be at least, you know, three wins with that schedule. They are talented enough to win those games. That will set them at 10 and seven, and I think they're going to slip in with that record. Browns in the 8 seed. Uh they got Green Bay and Pittsburgh on the road still very very tough games for them. They're kind of a toss-up right now and I'll get back to that because the next team on the list the Bengals are a 9 uh they're the 9 seed currently. They still have the Chiefs and at Cleveland. And why that's important is I have a feeling the winner of this game on the last game of the season between these two this is going to determine who gets the final spot. I think the second seed, or the second-ranked team, I should say, in the AFC North is going to be getting the final playoff spot. And I go down below one to the Denver Broncos, who are 7-6 and six and have a big home game this week against the Bengals. Um, they have three division games left. Denver has not been very good in division games as of recent. And this year, they're one and two. So I don't see any reason why they should be able to make it to 10 wins. Everybody in that division is tough. So I kind of have Denver out. I do have to include Miami, though. You know, with all these teams with seven wins, I look down. There are three teams with six wins still the Steelers Raiders Dolphins Steelers and Raiders coming off disappointing losses Steelers lost 36 28 to Minnesota on Thursday night Uh, Raiders lost 48 to nine to the Chiefs just absolutely destroyed wasn't close Uh, looking like they're falling apart week by week Um, but the Dolphins they're six and seven coming off a bye getting a little healthier but Reports had uh, had just come out today that all three of their running backs are on the COVID list this week, so hopefully they'll be able to get a run game going against the Jets, but with a win this week, that'll pull them to 7-7. Seven and seven. They do have some road games against Tennessee and the Saints, but, you know, I have to include Miami in there. They're, they have been playing some of the best football over the last few weeks. They're on a five-game win streak currently. Gotta stick them in the race, but... AFC is a little tricky. I'm definitely locking the Bills, though. Bills, those three home games, like I said, Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, got to win those, got to get the 10 wins. I want to shift over to the NFC side. Uh, NFC got a little fuzzy this week. We have, just like how we have five teams that are 7-6 and six in the AFC, we have five teams in the NFC that are 6-7. and seven. One of them being the current final spot uh, held by the Washington football team Washington football team holds the seventh seed currently in the NFC side of the playoffs which is the final wild card spot and they are trailed by the Minnesota Vikings the Philadelphia Eagles the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints who all also sit at six and seven this side wasn't really kind of catching it wasn't catching my interest right off the bat but it's heating up and it's starting to come pretty exciting. Um, as I look at these teams schedules down the stretch here, Washington football team got a little banged up yesterday. They do have the Eagles twice, which is big in the sense that they have the same record right now and they're in the same division, but they do have road games against Dallas, who is a monster on defense and the New York giants. So, I'm taking the football team out of the playoffs right now. Minnesota Vikings, they have the Rams and the Packers and two games against the Bears. Before last night, I probably would have stuck Minnesota in, but watching the Bears play against Green Bay, I'm not giving any wins to the Vikings. Maybe a home game against the Bears, but that road game in Chicago, I don't know. Bears showed me last night that they could be a potential threat. So I am not putting the Vikings in not right now. At least I want to see how they play over the next two weeks, but we will see Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I actually have them in three of their next four games are at home. Two of them are against the Washington football team. Like I said, who is banged up right now. They have very, very good potential here to sneak in, you know, six and seven with a chance to pull to seven and seven this week. And like I said, three out of four at home, you know, you win three games. It's nine. I, th- I think you might be able to slip in at nine and eight this year in the NFC. So I'm sticking the Eagles in the playoffs right now. Um, Atlanta Falcons right below them. No, uh, I have zero faith in the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry if you listen and you're a Falcons fan, but I think you need to change a quarterback. I think you need a new coach. You know, system's dry. Got to get some fresh faces in there. I think the Falcons got to go into a, a little bit of a rebuild. Kyle Pitts, great draft pick. Looks amazing. You need a new quarterback, though. I got to be honest. <laughs> it's, just, it's getting it, Matt Ryan getting a little stale. I think Matt Ryan can still play. I just think he needs to leave Atlanta for his sake and for Atlanta's sake. New Orleans Saints, um, Saints could sneak in. They're 11-seated right now, but also 6-7 and seven right there with all these teams. They do have a road game against Tampa Bay this week, which is a little disheartening. Couldn't be knocked down to 6-8. and eight. But like I said, I think 9-8 and eight can get you in. And the Saints still have the Miami Dolphins and the Carolina Panthers at home. And a road game against the Falcons. They have great potential to win three out of their next four. And that's why this NFC race is so exciting, because I can see a lot of these teams sitting between seven and 11, hitting nine wins. But yeah, don't count the Saints out. Taysom Hill at quarterback is a little bit of a uh, kind of worrisome, but you know, he plays well, you know, he's kind of like a, a lesser version, a version of Lamar Jackson, and i've seen people try to compare taysom hill with lamar jackson which is at, i think you're out of your mind if you make that comparison but uh he does some things well he runs the football well of course um you know this is another week he had rushing touchdowns and you know he doesn't pass the ball you know too too much but enough to get you, your team a win so you know watch out for the saints i want to move on to discussing the Monday night football game tonight. The Los Angeles Rams, who are eight and four, are traveling to Arizona to take on the ten and two Cardinals. Uh, uh, Rams are missing Jalen Ramsey tonight and Tyler Higby, their tight end. Two out of just five people that are missing from COVID uh, puts them at a little bit of disadvantage defensively with Ramsey being out. Uh, look for the Cardinals to go for the kill tonight. They need a win, and they're in the playoffs already. They would be the first team to clinch a playoff spot with a win tonight. Um, I think they're going to get it done, too. I'm predicting a Cardinals 31-24 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. Kyler Murray, when he's playing, because he has missed some games this year, when he's playing, you know, he's been on an absolute tear this year. He has 2,400 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. He's been playing great. You know, how can you... How can you not think he's been playing great? You know, Arizona, look for them to clinch that first playoffs, but be the first team in. Moving on to some shout outs I have this week for the NFL. Watching some of the games yesterday, uh, two players in general stuck out to me the most. One of them being Micah Parsons for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he's a rookie but he has managed to rack up 12 sacks on the year already with four games to go. And he has six straight games with at least one sack. You know, the the kid is on an absolute tear. The Dallas Cowboys defense, eight forced turnovers in the past two games with him leading the charge. They look very, very scary on defense. I would welcome luck to anybody that is going against them in the final weeks especially with this kid going up against them you know definitely in my book defensive rookie of the year defensive player of the year quite a possibility from the rookie you know he's he's playing very well so he gets one of my shout outs this week absolutely an animal you know he is just he he's everything you want in a defender and you know he was just quoted the other day or just yesterday saying it's easy to play in the NFL, and that's scary. When a rookie is saying that, watch out. So he gets my first shout-out of the week. Second shout-out of the week, I got to give it to Josh Allen. I mean, I know they lost. Don't get me wrong. Tough loss, but 308 yards passing, two touchdowns, and let's throw in 109 yards rushing with a rushing touchdown as well. How about a combined 417 total yards, And three touchdowns. Major, major props to Josh Allen. I I know they had a loss yesterday, and they're 7-6, and and everybody's down on the bills. But this kid put the entire team on his back yesterday and almost led them to an overtime win against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. And that is no easy task, you know. I saw an interesting stat about Tom Brady yesterday, and it kind of just absolutely blew my mind since he's been in Tampa Bay which this is his second year in the red zone Tom Brady has 60 passing touchdowns no interceptions he's been golden in the red zone and that's tough to beat when you come against a team who makes no mistakes in the red zone you know not an easy win so props to Josh Allen for even having them in that game you know they were getting blown out but he really put the team on his back, so he gets a prop despite the loss. He 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 laid it all out there, and you could tell, you know, from his face at the end of that game after watching that t- giving them that defense give up the touchdown, that was pain. And you know, because you know he put his all into that. So, like I said, major props to him. Him and Micah Parsons, excellent job this week. They looked amazing. I want to jump into the NBA now. Steph Curry tonight, he has a golden opportunity to make some history. He only needs seven three-pointers tonight to pass the great Ray Allen on the all-time three-point make list. Steph Curry, you know, if you know me, you know I have a big opinion about Steph Curry. I think he is the biggest influence in basketball history. I know people say Michael Jordan. I think, don't get me wrong, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest, but... As far as an influence, you know, I know Jordan influenced the game and, you know, the fandom that came with it and everything, but Steph Curry really revolutionized the basketball game. Before he was in the NBA and before those Warriors teams, nobody shot the three like they do now. And not only that, positions have changed. If you're a point guard or a guard and cannot score or shoot the ball, There's no place for you in the NBA. Uh, big men in the NBA now gotta be able to stretch the floor. You gotta be able to step out and take a jump shot. The traditional post man is gone. The only centers in the NBA now that are specifically post are ones that can are athletic and can play great defense. Like, like a Rudy Gobert, you know, he's the, probably the exception in the NBA right now. Um, Probably aside from Clint Capella, you know, that can really still start in the NBA and be a dominant center, but mainly on the defensive end rather than the offensive end. But most centers, you know, the two best centers in the NBA right now, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, they're offensive studs. They can step out, shoot the three, take you to the hole, you know, still play the post game and they can defend fairly well. So, you know, the game has been revolutionized and I think Steph Curry is the head of that You know, he really came in and those Warriors teams, they changed the game of basketball. And sometimes I do like fundamental basketball, but I don't know. I think it makes the game a little bit more spicy, you know, more fun to watch. It's exciting. It's fast paced. You get to see a lot of shots and, you know, you get to see a lot of close games too. It feels like games have been closer and more exciting and down to the final shot than they ever have been, which... You know, that can come with shooting the ball a lot. So uh, the other thing in the NBA I wanted to touch on, there's been some rumors, uh, recent rumors swirling around uh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, again, is in the news uh, for trades, but I think the deal might be closer to getting done than it was before. Uh, There's been some trade talks with the Los Angeles Lakers and the New York Knicks. Uh, Personal opinion, I think the Sixers need to get a deal done. Um, Watch a lot of basketball. It's a major distraction to them. And if you think it's not a major distraction, I would encourage you to debate me on that or to try to discuss that with me because right now the Sixers are sitting at 15-12 and and a 6th seed in the East. They do not look up to par where they were last year. And it's sad because the they have so much potential. That team they have there with Joel Embiid, you know, and it sucks that Simmons isn't playing with them because I like Simmons. I think Simmons has good potential. I just think he needs the right coach. But this whole situation is a distraction. They're sitting middle of the pack, low of the pack in the East. Um, You know, th- they are a better team than this, and this is affecting them, and they need to get a deal done. I know they want value for the number one overall pick that they took in Ben Simmons a few years ago, but to be honest, they don't deserve number one pick value. He has not shown that during crunch time, and he has not proved that. I think he can, like I said, with the right coach, but as of right now, they're not going to get all they want for him. But I think making a deal would be solid, especially with the Lakers. The Lakers have tons, and I mean tons of, veterans and good players that they can give up like off the bench that can really provide for the 76ers and make them an all-around better team you know i think they're missing valuable production and they could be getting that with some other players that they could get from the lakers or hell even the knicks but i just think they need to get a deal done it's it's time you know he does need to leave philly um i think la like i said not just for what philly can get a get out of it but for ben simmons as well because like I said, he has tons of potential. Stick him under the wing of a LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, and you could have yourself a special, special player over there. Um, that would being said, without giving one of those players up to get him. Okay, I want to jump from NBA to some of the things that got me a little heated this week in sports, some things that I had a little bit stronger opinion on than most Um My first thing I saw today was John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens, the head coach, said he's planning on playing Lamar Jackson this upcoming week against Green Bay. It is a huge game, but is he setting him up for failure? I think he is. Lamar Jackson was carted off yesterday. Yes, he was able to walk to the sideline, but was carted to the back of the locker room, which isn't typically a good sign. Uh, having him play against Green Bay to me is not the smartest move or the smartest move for his career. Uh, Plenty of quarterbacks have had their careers ruined by coaching and bad decision-making by the front office. And I fear for Lamar Jackson because he is an amazing talent and he gets picked on a lot by the media and saying he isn't a great quarterback and which, I get he hasn't proved anything in the playoffs yet, and that is important, but the guy can play. I mean, he has an MVP already. He's unbelievable. And I think you take this week and let him get healthy. You still have games, meaningful games, I should say, against the Bengals, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think this is a game against Green Bay where you're at home you could start Huntley, you know, and let him take the reign for a game. You know, let Jackson get healthy or healthier to play these final three games. If they lose this upcoming week, they'll be eight and six. You're still in the playoff race. You know, you're already, you already have eight wins. Why go out and risk your franchise quarterback any more further hurt or long-term damage? Um, I think it's a very, very bad call uh just kind of like a couple weeks ago how Baker Mayfield was all banged up and they decided to play him uh before going into the bye week and it just you know he didn't look good in in Baltimore you know and that was a game they could afford to lose cuz they lost anyway um but yeah i think in this situation Harbaugh should step back and say yeah we got to protect our quarterback you know do not put him out there on a limb don't set him up for failure He's only going to get scrutinized further, and he's been playing great this year. So I would keep him off the field. Uh, The other thing I saw, Urban Meyer, there was reports this weekend of him challenging coaches on his staff to prove to him how they're, how, you know, he's a winner, but how are they winners? How are they not losers? and reports of him getting into it with players, specifically wide receiver Marvin Jones. Um, it was a little disheartening to hear because you always hear how great of a coach Urban Meyer is, or how great of a college coach, I should say, Urban Meyer is. And, you know, everybody that talks about him on TV and, you know, everything, they, they say how much of a great guy he is. And it's a little disheartening to hear that behind closed doors, you know, he's... You know, he's kind of being a jerk. And I know coaching can come with tough attitude and, you know, ha- have an abrasive side. But I mean, when things are not going well for your team and you just go in and pick things apart like that. And I know he says that the rumors aren't true or the sources that said this are now quote unquote unemployed sources, which is. You know, he's been nothing short of ridiculous this year with all of his thing and all the turmoil he's been in. But, you know, it really rips apart a locker room. And not to mention that their franchise quarterback that they spent their draft pick on, Trevor Lawrence, publicly talking about the Jaguars need to have running back James Robinson in the game you know, for your franchise quarterback to come out publicly and say like, we don't have our best guys in the game and we need to do this and we need to do that. And you don't take his word and give him your trust and listen to him and, you know, in a sense, let him have his way. But, you know, that's what you need to do with a young quarterback. You need to give him the reins, especially a franchise quarterback. You know, if you think this guy's your franchise, you got to give him the reins. And it's disheartening to see that Urban Meyer is coaching like this and, you know, taking his frustrations, his own personal frustrations out on other coaches and players. And I can't see this getting past one year of tenure, but, you know, I probably have an unpopular opinion about this, but I think Urban Meyer, I think they should give him a couple years on this job because you know just based off of history what he does at programs you know he has coached champions in two different programs um he does have the wherewithal to 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 do this job it's just those the first years can be kind of frustrating in the NFL especially for a college coach I mean not every coach is cut out for pro ask Nick Saban you know Pete Carroll his first time around he wasn't great you know when he came back to be with Seattle yeah he won a Super Bowl but he struggled the last couple of years you know but Urban Meyer, I think, has what's in him to be a, a pro football coach. Um, you know, I think he's catching a lot of uh, flack from the media today. And, you know, but, you know, I, I'm saying I think he should be given a shot. And, you know, these first year frustrations, they're going to go away. You know, he's facing adversity like he's never faced before. You know, it's completely unacceptable what he did to his coaching staff if that is true and that was the case and same thing with the players if he got in the screen matches with the players it's a little disheartening and definitely not okay but you know give the guy a chance I know they're having a rough season but he you know he can really turn things around for a program or you know he's he's shown he's done it I say give him a shot I want to jump away from this And I want to move on to uh, my last segment for this episode. And that is the upcoming matchups for the week 15 uh, NFL season. My most intriguing matchups, I should say. I want to start with the earliest matchup we get, which also might be one of the best games, if not the best game on in week 15, is the Thursday night matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the LA Chargers. The LA Chargers hosting Kansas City 8 and 5 hosting 9 and 4 in a pivotal a pivotal division matchup. Uh Chargers with a win here would move to 9 and 5 and would move into first place in the AFC West. Uh they already have a win against the Chiefs this year earlier in the season 30 to 24. But this is a huge game. And Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are right, right now are must-see football. You know, you got to watch these guys. These two are playing amazing, amazing football at the quarterback position. These are who you want your quarterbacks to look like. These two guys are probably going to put on one hell of a show Thursday night. And I would urge anyone that enjoys watching a good football game, turn it on. I think we're in for a good one. Uh, The next matchup this uh, this upcoming week is a Saturday matchup. Yes, we're getting Saturday football already. I'm kind of excited, but, you know, we'll see. But Patriots at Colts, nine and four Patriots come in and visit the seven and six Colts. Patriots, as I mentioned earlier, the hottest team in football, riding a seven game winning streak. Uh, They've looked virtually unstoppable since their overtime loss against the Dallas Cowboys uh running off 7 straight their defense has looked unstoppable run game has looked unstoppable uh mac jones potential rookie of the year he has been playing lights out uh you know colts though they're winners of 4 or 5 uh they were at a time you know 3 and 5 they they are 7 and 6 currently they have been playing some good football So you do currently have two of the hottest teams in the NFL going against each other this upcoming week. So this should be a great matchup. If not, the Chiefs Chargers look for this one to be the game of the week. Um, My final two matchups I want to go over. Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. Both are six and seven. This is a pivotal game for the NFC playoff race. Washington football team is the current seventh seed in the NFC, but Philly... Has a great chance to seal to steal second in the division with a home game this week against a banged up team, and if they can do it, I think Philly's on their way to a playoff spot. So keep an eye out for that one. Up next, and the final matchup, I should say that has intrigued me for this upcoming week: AFC playoff race, Bengals at Broncos. Both are seven and six, and they're both sitting back in the hunt at the nine and ten seed. The loser of this game, I'm going to go out here and say that whoever loses this game is probably done for the year. Bengals have too many tough games left with the Chiefs and at the Browns, not to mention the Ravens at home, and the Broncos play the, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers. So can't be walking into those games at 7-7. Seven and seven. Broncos have an excellent opportunity here to move to 8-6. and six as do the Bengals. So we will see who takes advantage of that opportunity coming into the final week. I want to thank everybody who has listened again and who has supported me so far. Um, I want to do this to include you guys. I want to have people call in. I want people to email me my email that you can send questions to or topics or things you would like to debate I have an email set up. It's in the description of here on Anchor and on Spotify. So do not be afraid to send in any questions or comments or feedback you'd like to give me so I can make my show better for you. You guys are a big part of this as well. I want to include you. Um, As I said before, new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So you will see me back here on Wednesday, December 15th with my next episode. Um, I would like to encourage you, if you do listen between that time, send me some things. And I would love to talk about, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to talk about things that you guys want to hear about as well. Send me some feedback. I would love that. Thank you for tuning into this episode. This has been the Sports Talk Podcast. Have a great night.